stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? All right, well, let's center ourselves. Are we recording, Marcus? Center. 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 Can we say it together so we're all together? Center. Center. Nope. (laughs) Kissel, you ruined that. We have to center ourselves. Okay. (laughs) I almost shit. Ooh, I did almost shit. <laughs> All right, I think we're centered then. Wow. Wow, oh my God. We can't I'm, do it. I'm fine. I can get through the podcast, but... Yikes. Woo. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. We got Henry over here who just had an incident. So I literally, my butthole went like, like open just a millimeter too much. And then like literally Dr. Brown was just like, I'm ready to go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I call. That's what I do. I have an ongoing inner monologue with yeah. my shit. Well, I love that you gave your stool a PhD. I, yeah, I mean, I'm happy that he's a doctor. I don't want to go see him, but you know. He's been through enough. <laughs> yes, that's right. My goodness. Well, it started off sexy this whole episode mm. and it's just going to get sexier and damn. sexier because today we are discussing a sexy ghost. Mm. Now, we did an episode on spectrophilia a long time ago, mm. many, many moons ago, not to be too Indian about it, but many, many, <laughs> many raccoon moons ago, we went and we did an episode about spectrophilia, which is kind of the idea of people believing they have sexual relationships with ghosts. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there are in certain ancient cultures that do believe, they, they do marriage ceremonies with ghosts. And then we did the, uh, the, the well, one episode of that woman with the, who was making orgasm noises because she was having sex with the yes, ghost. Yes, that was our serious uh, radio pilot. We had a call in and she was discussing having sex with a ghost, I believe. Absolutely, it happens all the time. So what, mm-hmm. what just so happened to happen is that Marcus got a book called... The Pregnant Ghost and Other Sexual Hauntings. Oh, I thought for sure if we were going to have a conversation about pregnant ghosts, it would be the Bible and this would be about Mary. No, 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 no. That's first fiction. Of spectrophilia. That, that is fiction. All of this is real. <laughs> oh, I these see. These are real stories. Oh, okay. now, these are supposedly real stories of sexual encounters that people have had with ghosts, and a lot of it are is pretty erotic. Well, Ooh. it's not necessarily sexual encounters that people have had with ghosts. It's more encounters people have had with sexual ghosts. Sexual ghosts. <laughs> perverted ghosts. Rapey ghosts. Disgusting ghosts. Uh, disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. They fun. are absolutely disgusting. I see somewhere between rapey and fun. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're all trying to play. I, I do desperately want to meet a ghost, which I think we can all agree proves that means I will never meet a ghost, but how sad. I want to meet scary ghosts, and if I met sexy ghosts, I'd be like, go get your brother who's scary. He's like, yeah, but I'm ready to d- dance on it. You 
have to just be. You gotta let it go. That you take the ghost that you get. Yeah. All right. It's like your hair color. Yeah, that's true. Your child. I have back hair. I was born back hair as a as a boy. I you just take it. You take what you receive. Yeah, you are wearing full on deli guy clothes today. I have a wife beater on because I have a shirt on that I cannot sweat through before before the meeting I have after this podcast. You know, we just sit down to record this show. I am very animated. I am gripped from the pelvis up. My body is just tight. Now, just remember, so just think about this for a second. Okay, so this is really the first time I think we're really trying to be erotic. So I want you to then, like, the whole point of this show is I'm hoping you're doing this, and if you're sitting with your lover, I hope you fucking oiled him or her up so deep. Sit with your lover. Get a lover. Buy a woman. <laughs> Buy a woman. Purchase a man. Ask a man. You can. You don't actually don't have to ever purchase a man. Just go ask a man who's got yeah. nothing to do and he'll show up in the house. He'll actually you buy want. you things. Literally, he'll yeah. just show up in the house. He'll take care of things in the house. He'll put up light bulbs if you make him do. If you glue down tile. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we're good for. So what I need you to do is, so it's like, first of all, take a couple palmfuls of oil and just rub them all over your man's body so his hair gets all matted and make a bunch of, like, make a shamrock in his hair mm. after you put all the oil in it. Mm-hmm. Get oil just on your breasts because you don't want to ruin the rest of your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we start, and just uh, I hope that these tails get you rigid enough or sopping enough mm-hmm. in order to just get on top of the person that you choose and also chooses you. Right. <laughs> To make sweet ham envelopes with. Yeah, put on a little Marvin Gaye. If you do get pregnant during this uh, sexual ceremony you're about to go on, you have to name it one of our names. One of our names. Even if it's a girl. Or Duncan, Trussell, Russell, (laughs) Muscle, or Murdoch. Okay, well, Murdoch. Those are the only five names you can name that child. And I just made them up. Actually, Murdoch isn't a bad name at all. It's terrible. I like Murdoch. Yeah, I like Murdoch, too. Okay, let's go on. Murdoch Parks. (laughs) Murdoch Kissel. This this sounds like a guy with ripped off sleeves always, even if he wore a shirt that morning with sleeves. Murdoch! What did you do? You're pooping in the planter again. (laughs) I didn't mean to kill I just wanted to hug her. <laughs> Murdoch's a great kid. <laughs> Love Murdoch. So in the year of our Lord, 1969. Yeah! Yeah! Patty Morgan moved into a two-story fixer-upper in Wellington, New Zealand. The house, however, was not without its charm, as there was still an outhouse in the backyard that Patty decided to turn into a garden shed to go along with the garden she was planning to plant. Hence the name of this story, Patty's Backyard. Ooh, nice. I remember seeing this old New Zealand stag film, <laughs> Patty's Backyard. Oh, yeah, one of my favorites. But soon after Patty converted the outhouse into a shed, she was awoken one night by a rummaging in her backyard. Huh. Thinking the local dogs were pilfering her garbage, Patty opened the window and yelled out, hoping to scare the dogs away. But what she saw was not a pack of dogs, but rather a filthy old man with his pants around his ankles. And when Patty yelled out, the old man hiked up his trousers and scurried away. Sorry, there. I was just leaving a bit of fertilizer for the plants, sir. See, righty tighty, rippity doo. I'll see you a bit later. Why did you run away? I was liking that. Sad old woman. So over the coming weeks, the old man returned night Mm. after night, albeit better behaved this time. Mm. He relegated his behavior to just picking through Patty's trash each night, and Patty, soft-hearted woman that she was, felt a little bad for the old man, just kind of left him to his devices. This is a good technique. Start, show them at your worst, which is publicly (laughs) masturbating, and then whenever you're not, 
You're doing great. Technically, <laughs> he's doing something nice. He's yeah. rummaging through his trash. He's yeah. trying to put things together. He's trying to be nice. He's That's trying right. to like make clean things up. I agree. Question though is: Is there not a term in New Zealand for sex called rummaging through her trash? <laughs> yeah, I think that, that that's actually a medical term. Yeah, he really yeah. rummaged my trash last night. <laughs> I can't sit on a stool no more. How am I going to go to the drinking competition? Right, it's tough. But just like you don't give a mouse a cookie. The homeless man soon overstepped his bounds. Before long, the old man started sleeping in Patty's backyard each night. And as is the natural conclusion when an old man starts sleeping in your backyard, Patty looked out her window one night to find the old man vigorously masturbating. Now, I have, um, I've never read a Give a Mouse a Cookie. <laughs> no, I, I never want to read that. Does it end with the mouse jerking <laughs> off all over the cat? <laughs> no, it ends with everyone learning an important lesson. And so if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. I love giving mice cookies. I was feeding a mouse in my apartment for months. Yeah, Spongy. again, this does sound like a secret code to get into, like, a gay nightclub. <laughs> yeah. Also, question is, uh, give a mouse a cookie... Do they kill all the mice at the end of the of that book as well? Like, is there a no. mass extermination of these mice? Maybe no. diabetes or something. I think a moose shows up at one point. Illogical. Did they give the moose a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> and so, after Patty saw the old man vigorously masturbating, she called over her boyfriend, Greg. But by the time Greg arrived, the old man was nowhere to be seen. And Patty, finally deciding that enough was enough, she built a six-foot-tall fence the very next day and padlocked it from the inside. And the way to make it old man-proof is if you cover with hard candies. And then when you deal, <laughs> he'll just take the hard candies instead of climbing the fence. That's a good idea. But lo and behold, the old man returned the next night. Now fully aware of Patty's presence as he stared at the house with a silly grin on his face, masturbating just as, if not more vigorously than before. Oh, you saw the look on that house's face. It wanted it. <laughs> Greg once again was called over, and once again the old man disappeared without a trace. Babe, you keep waking me up to fucking check this out, and I'll always do that. You know I like to do it. You know I'm ready to fucking hammer an old man. I've been ready. You heard me. You know that's my dream. He knows I'm a bucket list. <laughs> But uh, is this just something you want? <laughs> no, Greg. No, Greg. Do you want, want me to? I mean, listen. I'm I'm trying to be open to your desires. We got that kickstand dildo the other day. We got the sex trampoline. But I, I'm down for all. Greg, that. I'm just not in the mood anymore. I just I'm just not in the mood anymore. You need me to put an old man wig and put my pants on my ankles. You need me to jerk off at you. <laughs> now, Greg, he was somewhat skeptical about the whole situation. Mm. He stalked, he staked out the backyard the next night from the second floor with a camera I gotta, hoping to get photographic evidence. I gotta see this. <laughs> it's like Tom Hanks in the burbs. <laughs> but when the old man appeared to Patty, who was watching from the first floor, Greg saw nothing from his vantage point and was understandably baffled at the whole situation. And although the backyard was indeed the nightly masturbating grounds of a deranged old bum, there was still the matter of the garden to attend to. And so Greg and Patty took a trip to the local garden center one Saturday. And while there, they struck up a conversation with the owner. And upon hearing Patty's address, the old man chuckled a bit and told her it was a good job she didn't live there six months ago. As the previous owner, strangely enough, also named Patty. Uh, the three in five women in New Zealand are named Patty. That is a good point. <laughs> it said that this Patty, she had had quite a bit of trouble from her next door neighbor... A dirty old man with a mm. penchant for garbage. Ooh. But seeing the look of unease on Patty's face, the shopkeeper told her not to worry, 
as the dirty old sod had died of a heart attack six months earlier, playing with himself in Patty's backyard. Wow. <laughs> and if you ever wanted to know what's going to be Marcus's future, that's it. <laughs> a dirty old man rummaging through trash, jerking off near outhouses it's, that used to exist. It seems hack to say, but he died doing what he loved. He really did. He really did. He uh-huh. did. Uh, maybe a woman, it would have been nicer if he was actually. No, no, no. That's what he loved. Think about how you don't know. You don't have to worry about the trash. You don't have to worry about the compromises of a relationship at all. You get to spend all day doing exactly what you love, going through stinky old trash and jerking off on top of flowers. He's just living like a goat (laughs) with hands. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Our next story is called The Brothel for Ghosts and Specters. Now, up until about a hundred... I mean, if you are going into this place and you pay like 30 bucks and you just walk into an empty room, you have to feel like an asshole, Well, right? you have to do. You like, just no, hear like, go- just noises pumped in. Ooh, ooh. I'm Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Oh, 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 I came too fast. So this is a oh. scam, right? I walked into a scam? Yep. Okay. <laughs> now, up till about a hundred years ago, a house existed in Edinburgh, Scotland where people would watch night after night through the windows as ghosts fucked inside. The house eventually came to be known to the people of Scotland as the Ghost's Whorehouse. Now, they only got televisions three years ago. That's right. Yeah. So this is how they used to entertain themselves. Right. Say, so, yeah, see there. You see the shadow there. It's pounding the other shadow. It's ghost ficking. Yeah, it's a ghost. It's good to be. If you squint in your eyes just so, you can see anything you want. <laughs> So the house itself had been owned by a major Thomas Weir way back in the mid-1600s. He shared this dwelling with his older sister, Grizel. (laughs) Don't even... Just unfortunate. (laughs) And while there... Or possibly Grizzle. One of the Either way, just Grizzle. Beautiful name. Something John Candy had to finish in the great outdoors. That's all I know. And while there were rumors of salacious incestuous behavior for years. It was not confirmed until the major, aged 69, (laughs) confessed to the foul deed in addition to making several pacts with the devil and engaging in sexual congress with the dead. And Grizzle joined her brother in the confessions, claiming that she was able to spin yarn of any quantity for short bursts of time due to her own personal pact with the devil. That's it? Yeah. You became like a fucking Spider-Man yeah. at Joanne Fabrics? Yeah, it's kind of like a bad job. <laughs> That's dumb. Yeah, out of all the things to sell your soul for. Yeah, 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 Yarn, she Ugh. did. Ugh. Now, all of this power was said to come from the Major's staff, which was a personal gift from Satan that also did all of their shopping for them. Where's Satan in all this? Satan's allowing himself to be an employee? Yeah, what, <laughs> Satan's just fresh direct now? No, 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 no. Satan's not the, he's the... He doesn't do all of the shopping. The magical staff does the shopping. That Kinda makes like, no sense! <laughs> no, it's like Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so it's like Lemieux? Yeah, the, the perverted <laughs> candelabra? Yeah, and what the hell can a candlestick even carry? He can't get you a turkey from the store. No, it's a magical staff. He bounces out, he gets the... He, maybe he talks to him and they deliver it to the house. We've lost all imagination, Kizzle. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you guys need to take a little trip into your your own brains. All right. So, these two were, of course, executed, but Grizzle, oh. sticking to her saucy ways, refused to be hanged 
with her clothes on. Yeah. And the hangman, who had already fastened the noose tightly around come her on, neck come before on, she come on. Mm. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. He was kind of struggling with her like a fish on a line. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with my shit on. Oh, I did it. I want to see a make me. Name's Grizzle for a reason. Or to get my arms around me. Ooh, it's slippery. But eventually, the, <laughs> oh the hangman just got sick of struggling with her and just kicked her off the ladder where she was standing without allowing her the common courtesy of last words. Or car- uh. her last words, essentially, she had written them down in the diary before and it said, I'm going to meet God and I'm going to fart on a bucket in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> and although the exact location is lost to the ages, oh. it is said that for decades, even centuries after, the captain's house was fuck central for all the ghosts and specters of Scotland until it was finally demolished at the request of the authorities. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a great story. Too bad. I mean, that's what uh, that's the closest thing they have to a Studio 54. Kind of a fun little place. It there. was kind of a Studio 54 yeah. for ghosts. I guess there was probably just a bunch of homeless people jerking off in there, and then the authorities tore it down. Yes. Yeah. But think about it, how the, how raucous those halls would have been with music and mirth. Oh, For yeah, just wonderful. a second, just the old man from the Paddy's backyard, <laughs> he's in there jerking off. The talking mirror who was like, you are look great to me. Yeah, yeah, Abraham Lincoln, who's prematurely coming everywhere. Why not, yeah. Yeah, just every time he sees a manservant, mm. homosexual. Possible. Possible. <laughs> Our next story is called The Ghost of the Sex Crazed Cat. Uh, I just. <laughs> this is putting a lot on the cat. Yeah, I know. I mean. Well, wait till you hear about this cat. This one fucking horny cat. All right. I mean, I, cats aren't horny for us, though, but we'll talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Now, this story comes from Mr. Edward Maynall, a well known 19th century collector of ghost stories who swore up and down again and again that this story had happened to a friend of his mm. and not to him specifically. <laughs> sure. So, anyway, one night Edward came home to find a mysterious cat waiting for him at the top of his staircase. I mean, it's already kind of like, it's already he's painting the cat as if it's it's wanting to fuck him. Right, right, right. <laughs> he, saw, he just saw a cat in the house. He's like, that cat's trying to fuck me. It's possible. It's been terrible in a pet shop. Yeah. A turtle wants to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cat, appearing to be just friendly at first, soon began mating with Edward's shoes and tried over and over again to climb up Edward's legs towards his genitals. Again, if you have a cat right now, to do a bit of a callback, if you have a cat right now, no matter what it does, no matter how it presents itself, no matter what it looks like it's saying to you with its body language, Uh never fuck a cat. (laughs) Never. Do not fuck the cat. No, there was a kid in my hometown, Roger, he was special needs. He used to have sex with all the cats and throw them in the park. No, I thought he'd throw him in the river. Well, he threw him in Iverson Park. Yeah, yeah Iverson yeah. River. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it all the same. It takes a village. <laughs> takes a village. Yeah. I'm glad he'll be voting this year. <laughs> yeah, I think that he will be. So Edward, swatting the cat away and shaking it free, escaped to his room and shut out the cat with great difficulty. Who tried? The cat tried following him inside, but eventually he managed to keep the damn thing outside. This cat's crave dick. Oh, yeah. But the next day, the cat was waiting for Edward at the top of the stairs once again. Humping, rubbing, and attempting to climb Ed's leg 
up to his genitals. I don't mm. care if you're sitting with a full erect penis alone in your room because you've masturbating the porn that cat comes and literally tries to put his butthole <laughs> on top of your you gotta, penis. Yeah, you got to remove it. Do not fuck the cat. <laughs> well, you can't. He never actually wants it. He doesn't want it. It'll kill the cat. It's going to fucking, you're going to de-organ the cat. You're going to fucking pull yeah. its intestines out with your cock, all right? So don't fuck the cat. Explain that to the doctor. I mean, you'll go to jail. So on the third day, Ed, no doubt girding himself for another unpleasant encounter, found no cat waiting for him. Thinking his sexy cat troubles were over, Ed went to sleep easy. But the troubles were only beginning as Ed awoke in the middle of the night to find the left side of his body covered in blood with the cat who had punctured Ed's neck with its sharp teeth sitting on the bed staring at him. And Ed swatted the cat to the floor and the cat, apparently satisfied with a job well done, vanished into the night forever, spitting curses and blasphemies towards Ed as he departed. That is sexual harassment. <laughs> I mean, if you're the cat and you're just constantly getting sexually assaulted by this man, I mean, you got to kill your perpetrator. Why are you blaming? You're blaming the victim. I'm, yeah, the victim. you're victim blaming. You're both no, victim I'm, blaming I'm here. Not I don't victim blame victim blaming. I'm cat. Cat doesn't understand what sex is <laughs> with a man. It doesn't understand what a man can do in sex. No, yeah. this is a cat that can spit curses and blasphemies. The cat knows if a cat can I say if know. a cat can say fuck God, a cat can fuck a man. It's well, true. he spoke in cat. I like. To come and I like to tease like a ball of yarn. I make it go up. Oh, let the penis go down. I'm always a tease. I never get it up. That is why my name is Katy Perry. I'm Katy Perry. Katy the cat. Perry. You're Katy always Perry. Always teasing, never showing. All I want. Is- Marcus just bashed you- his head in the back of the fucking book. You're kind case. of a firework. You're a firework. Yeah. So our next story. Is called the Marquis and the Radiant Boy. Mm-hmm. Yay! Yep. <laughs> so happy when this isn't going to go downhill quickly. Now, Radiant Boys are apparently not an uncommon occurrence in the world of phantoms and specters. Originally named Kindermodern by the Germans, Ooh. Radiant Boys are said to be the ghosts of children under twelve who were murdered by their mothers. Oh, I thought Radiant Boys were altar voices served to the Vatican underneath a blacklight. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> now, this Radiant Boy sighting occurred in the late 1700s, witnessed by a one Captain Stewart, later the second Marquis of Londonderry. Who gives a shit? No, that's ex- no second Marquis, it's very big deal. It's yeah, a it's a big very deal. big deal. They're all fake. This is the one thing we're no. going to have problems with in Europe. I don't believe in titles. I don't believe in Archduke. Who gives what a mean, shit? You don't believe in titles. I don't, I don't believe think they do that anymore. I don't oh, there's an Archduke. There is an Archduke. <laughs> He's a fan of the show. And they act like they're they're important. The prince and all that, they act like they're important. He's literally they a prince. Important. They're inbred. These, well, these royalty, if I see a bit of royalty, I'm pantsing them. Oh, oh well, I show the emperor pants. has no clothes on. <laughs> when you're in there getting Iron Maiden, I'm not going to go save you from the dungeon hell that you put yourself. You weren't going to anyway. No, I'm I'm busy being king. (laughs) I'm marrying queen. But I do refuse to believe in any sort of antiquitous fucking monarchy. So try to hold me in your prisons, London. (laughs) (laughs) So the captain, out on a hunting trip in Ireland, was forced one dark and stormy night to take refuge in a local stately manor. 
But unfortunately for the captain, quite a few other travelers had come upon the same idea, and all of the rooms had been filled but one, which, strangely enough, was completely free of any furniture whatsoever. Hmm. Now the captain, not a particularly fussy man to his credit, took the room and slept on a pile of blankets on the floor. But in the middle of the night, he was awoken by the radiant figure of a beautiful naked boy. (sighs) Who gave him a solemn look before fading into darkness. Sorry, you can't fuck me. Night, I mean, night. It is a, it's more of a ghost than a boy. I so just it hate the term beautiful. I don't know why boy. Marcus said it. I mean, you know, the, well, is that, that in the book? That actually is in the book, yeah. Okay, we're going to follow the author here, see yeah, what yeah. they're up to. Colin Waters is yeah. the uh, author, yes. Yeah. He, he was the one that definitely said... Beautiful naked boy. Yeah, it's like Mr. Holland's opus. I would say like... <laughs> Beautiful Cole. Stout naked boy. <laughs> yeah. He was like, that's what I would call I w- myself looking into the mirror. Definitely not attracted to naked boy. <laughs> Just yeah. naked boy. That's fine. Wish he had clothes on naked boy. <laughs> Wish I wish that boy had I just wish that boy had clothes on. Yep, I'm just gonna say it. Now the next morning, the captain, sure that some sort of bizarre prank had been pulled on him. You know, and this is the th- I'm gonna say this again to anybody in the audience who has a boy that they can use in a prank. <laughs> right. Never do it. No. no you it's could never do a this. funny prank. To show up can you imagine the you prank do if it, I thought it. it was a prank? To you we go to Atlanta yeah. on this weekend, we're going to Atlanta, coming to the Earl, you just yes. check it out, it's gonna be a really good show. Come on down. You, you go to the hotel that you're gonna stay in, right? Right. I show up with a naked boy and I just put it in the bedroom, taking a bunch of pictures of you guys asleep yeah. with a naked boy in there. I'm mean, like, you guys got punked. Right. Well, you could do it with, with the mirror trick. You could make him look like he was uh, sort of ghost-like. Yeah, I guess so. It's still a, a live, nude boy. Yeah, you no, can't no. do it. No, just paint him in uh, that, that that paint that uh, they had in Batman and Robin. He's still a naked boy. No, I know. And then we you can't get a black it. light. Yeah. And then it's not about the prank. It's not about the ghost. Yeah, that's oh. It's about oh. having possession <laughs> of, of because that's what it is. It's having possession of a boy. Yeah, we don't know. We don't have. And any you're just two thirty-three plus room, and you'll be all drunk and shit. You'll probably yeah. you you won't do anything bad. But you'll definitely be like, "Okay, little boy, can you buy us some beer?" Like you'll say <laughs> yeah, something yeah, weird, yeah, yeah, like yeah. uncle-y to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so the captain, he was a bit perturbed. He did not appreciate the beautiful naked boy. He spoke with the host and demanded. Why did a naked boy appear in my room in the middle of the night last night? I'm going to say if a naked boy does appear in your room, shut up. Never <laughs> don't, don't bring it up. Oh, word. Yeah. <laughs> the host, he called his head servant, Hamilton, into the room and asked him exactly where did Captain Stewart sleep last night. I put him in the naked boy room as he requested. Actually, Hamilton did say that as every room was full, he spent the night in the boys' room, oh, okay. which was the name they had given specifically to that room. And that's the reason why I didn't have any furniture is because that was the boys' room. And you don't what? put people in the boys' room. I don't know. Boys like furniture, but I guess if you're a ghost, you don't need to relax. Your lumbar guess, support doesn't really matter. Yeah, and I was a 13-year-old boy, and no one should have went in that room. <laughs> no, and I don't think I you would be I cryptic, distru- horrible things Ugh. in that room. I don't even want to think about it. Well, in Hamilton's defense, he said, he's like, listen, there's no reason to worry. I built a large fire... To keep the radiant boy away, because apparently radiant boys don't like really big fires, because the room's already radiant enough. But the captain, fearing the Hmm. fire was so large that it might burn down the whole manor, had dampened it quite a bit before going to sleep, 
allowing the radiant boy to pierce the veil of reality right. and appear before the captain. So they solved the ghost boy problem by starting a fire in the dude's room. It seems like there's a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the fire is <laughs> worse than the ghost No, boy. there was a fireplace. It's like yeah. I saw a cockroach, so I bought a gun. <laughs> right, and I shot my, <laughs> my bed like for some reason. But unfortunately for the captain, all those who witnessed this particular radiant boy were destined to rise to the highest ranks of power. And at the climax of their reign, invariably would die a violent death. Hope you like being promoted. Sorry, you're going to get ripped to pieces by dogs. Night, night, I'm a nude boy. What was that last part? I... Oh, you know nothing. Don't worry about it. Everything's being great. See my penis? You're no. a criminal. Oh. Bye bye. I'm a nude boy. I think you said I was going to get promoted. <laughs> awesome. This is great. All worth it. And true to form, the captain, who eventually went on to become a great statesman in his native England, he held quite a few high ranking cabinet positions did indeed vi- die violently by cutting his own throat in 1822. Cool. Cool. I like that. I mean, that's actually one of the coolest ways. Uh, I mean, nev- never commit suicide. No. But that but is, if you, you are about captain- to say that is the coolest way to die. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of badass. All right. Good mm. for him. I mean, he saw true horrors, so uh, he can never erase the image from his mind. Say whores? Horrors. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but he saw just a nude boy. Yeah. He just, well, a, glowing, a glowing nude boy who looked at him solemnly. Yeah. Sorry you're going to die tonight. <laughs> I'm a nude boy. Do I make it move? Because if I do, you got to go to jail. I'm nude. <laughs> what about that promotion? Tell me more about that. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. 
some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list. With Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish. Wow! I just gotta learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm gonna be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Beverly Hills is the setting for our next story titled Hollywood. (laughs) Love Hollywood. This story is called Valentine the Valet. Although the reasons are unknown, Valentine was said to haunt a four-poster antique bed that was imported from England to Beverly Hills in 1947. Again, 
England have a problem with your two floored beds. I don't really understand why they got to have all the posts. Seems really difficult. I'm gonna right. whack my head on it. I've I've slept on one before. I fucking smashed my do? head into the post. It's four post bed. It's got big sticks at the sides of the bed. Oh yeah, I like those. The those one, help you get up in the morning and they help you fall asleep at night when you slowly grab them and lie <laughs> down because you're too drunk to do it. I like a woman that's hard on the exterior. Yeah. Now the first sighting involved a woman named Marion Donovan who, one night whilst her husband was out of town on business, was woken up by the barks and growls of her dog. When she opened her eyes, a slim man dressed in green velvet stood in front of her. He began to take off his clothes and, once completely naked, moved over to the chair where Marion had left her clothes before getting into bed. Don't sit on, don't sit on them. Oh, you're gonna. Oh, he left a snail's trail. Oh, that ball juice. I hate it when men sit. Yeah, especially back then. It's like a. Oh, it's like he's got a chocolate duster back there, yeah. covering everything in his streaks. It's disgusting. Well, at least you know where I've been. Yeah, mm-hmm. I lived with a woman that used to yell at me if I sat on the comforter naked. Yeah, rightfully so. It's disgusting. Why? Men shouldn't sit nude on anything. <laughs> yeah. Now, as Marion looked on, the man sensuously began putting on first her silky slip, followed by her bra and nylons, which he also sensuously rubbed up and down his legs mm-hmm. before slipping them on. The man then examined himself in the mirror, nodded in approval, Likey. and began to joyously parade himself around the room as if he had not a care in the world, indeed dancing as if no one was watching. This is exactly what Oscar De La Hoya did. Do you remember <laughs> that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that's that. That's right. Yeah, yes. I forgot all right. about that. Maybe he's a ghost. <laughs> that's why you can never punch him in the ring. And after a suitable amount of parading, the man took off Marion's clothes and put his own back on, adding a large feathered hat to his ensemble, marking him as an 18th century valet. He then walked toward the bed, disrobed once again, and started to get into the bed with Marion. But Marion, now understandably pretty freaked out. Now she's freaked out. (laughs) Well, she was frozen in fear up to this point. She jumped up and turned on the lights, only to find the bed was now empty. But the evidence remained as the clothes that had once been neatly folded on a nearby chair now lay in a pile on the floor in the exact same spot where she had witnessed the valet undress. And although she was shaken, Marion was intrigued by the experience. And when the next night came and Valentine the valet reappeared, Marion let the scene play out to its conclusion. But as the man laid down on the bed, he immediately disappeared once again. I think Marion quite enjoyed the show. Marion was actually, she she loved Valentine the Valet. She, she told her friends about it. Right. She actually had her sister sleep with her like, you've got to meet Valentine. you got to see Valentine. Yeah, yeah exactly. But, yeah. I mean, doesn't a valet park cars? Uh, no, back in the, valet meant something you, else. You, you, valet you was a like a soucion. There's like a term for a soucion. It's like a thing that he's like a bachelor. He's like he's he, like he's kind of like a valet, I guess. Or he's, he's a guy who wears vests. He just hangs out. He's got a big floppy hat on. He's a fancy lad. Yeah, he that hangs wearing, around. Yeah, he's wearing green velvet and a big feather but hat. But he just hangs out with old ladies. 
Pretty much. It's the guy who's like, he's the bachelor of the court. He has the ears of all the females of Lady Danderley's group, (laughs) but he's homosexual, but don't understand it. Or he's not, or he's just like, he's dipping a wick everywhere in all the inkwells. Could be, okay. Yeah, Yeah, you never know with valets. They're a slippery bunch. Don't fuck your wife. Oh, I I would never trust (laughs) And you know who will also fuck you? Oh, your wife? A real life modern time valet as well. (laughs) They are on, they cannot be trusted. Well, they don't own those cars they're driving. They think, they pretend like they do though. Oh, Ferris Bueller. Unbelievable. Now, our next story comes from a fairly unlikely place Heathrow Airport in London. Over the years, many a female flight attendant, particularly those showing a bit of cleavage, have reported the disembodied sound of heavy sexual breathing following them throughout the airport. While the victims of the heavy breather of Heathrow, as he has come to be known, have indeed been overwhelmingly female, one man, an engineer, encountered the spirit as he was enjoying a restful break in the employee bathroom. I don't know if it was restful. I bet it it was filled with effort. Yes. (laughs) And as the engineer sat patiently on the toilet, he was suddenly hit with the sensation that he wasn't alone and that there seemed to be a presence in the stall next to him. For the next five minutes, the engineer listened as the breathing became louder and heavier until he finally fled from the scene in terror. Hey, were you shitting? (laughs) Do you have any toilet paper over there? Oh my God, it's Larry Craig. (laughs) (laughs) Are you a senator, sir? It's a deep cut. I like that. Good, Larry Craig. Yeah, thank you. And although the engineer maintained that he was not a victim of the heavy breather of Heathrow, (laughs) he nevertheless refused to enter even the building containing the haunted toilet in question ever again. And that is not like the heavy breathers of Cleveland, which oh, is most no. of the population yes. of Cleveland. That's a lot of, of the weight problems. The yeah. Weight, yeah. <laughs> I don't think this guy's a victim of anything. You don't think so? I, he's just There's a guy in the stall next to him heavily breathing because he was trying to get out the massive size uh, turd. But they, there's right. a lot of big fat people in England, too, because they view that as being rich. Isn't that true? true? They believe that being fat <laughs> yeah, means yeah, you're yeah. wealthy and you're important, right? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if it's changed over I think time. It's changed a little bit. I've seen paintings of men in England that are very important. They're always oh, big yeah. and fat. And so it was just a big man who's been like, got to get my trousers over my knickers, but there's so many ropes and nylons. Yeah, I and mean, he was just a fucking lowly subway worker, so he couldn't uh, he couldn't understand that's how aristocrats breathe. The British wear <laughs> scarecrow clothes. You know, Is that true? Yeah, full of ropes and random twig. <laughs> It yeah. just yeah, it just seems lots of girders and and hoists. Yes, I mean the strangest thing was they would let their women get so big and they would be so proud of them and then they would tighten them up. No, the women just... are lithe. The women <laughs> yeah. are lithe and sweet. It's the men that look like tea kettles. Yeah, <laughs> I don't lie. We should we should fight a war and separate from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't like them. No, no, no. Taxation without representation. That's all I remember from history. <laughs> That's all you got to say, I think. Now, one of our most puzzling tales today comes from the marshes of southern England, that of the Mooner of Romney Marsh. We're having a lot of tales from England. Yeah. And, and, and uh, European tales mm-hmm. that are sexual in nature. A lot of sexual hauntings going, o- going on over in uh, England, Ireland, Ooh, and Scotland. I cannot I wait like- to get there in July. 
Well, we do. Or no, we're going to be there in October. Oh, October. Yeah, yes. and if you guys want to get tickets, uh, go to gigsandtours.com uh, and search last podcast on the left. We actually just opened up 10 more tickets for Manchester. We sold it out, but we opened up 10 more tickets, so get those yeah. now. We also opened up 10 more tickets uh, on our first London show, but sales are now available for our second London show and our first Glasgow, Scotland right. show. Great plug. Great plug. Now, what we are, but I think there's a very interesting mix. There's a very interesting difference between the way we view ghosts and the way the Europeans mm. view ghosts. I think it's because they have much more uh, in touch. They're much more in touch yes. with history. Yeah, their their stuff is much, much older. Polite. But it seems like they have much more saucy experience with what is technically entities from the other side. I'm not even going to say ghosts anymore. I'm actually taking ghosts out of my lexicon okay. because now it's all just entities that are that we have yet to understand. I'm well, happy. This is where you're drawing a political correctness <laughs> line. I will draw a line in the sand. No, don't, I don't, don't call them ghosts. I just think they're a part. Of, they're they're another intelligence, right? That we, yeah. you, we meet in some way or another. So we we we're in the difference between the dimensions. We're meeting a lot of things that jerk off at us. Yeah. But the thing is, is that yeah. in Americans, we just we take it more seriously. Yeah. No, I think what happens in America, the, the Brits, the people in the UK, they're kind to their ghosts. They light fires for the beautiful naked ghost boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in America, we're like, hey. Ghost, you want to fight me and my fat New Jersey friends? Come on out, ghost. We're very mean to we our ghosts. We don't know how to talk to the ghosts. Exactly, and it comes from a Celtic tradition as well, where they used to bury their, they used to live in dirt huts and circle huts, Ooh. and they're, when they're ancestors die, when the grandparents used to die, they used to bury them in the living room. Mm-hmm. And they oh. used to just eat food on top of grandpa all the time. Like my grandmother did morbidly with my grandfather having him in the fucking shoebox on the chair next to her. But that's just because she was mentally ill. But they <laughs> yeah. were just more in touch with their with their history. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's find the middle ground there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of intelligences, let's go for the Mooner of Romney Marsh. Yeah. The first sighting came in 1801 when a group of smugglers meeting their contact in the marsh to sell their ill-gotten gains were approached out of the darkness by a mysterious figure. He wore a tricorner hat and dressed, quote-unquote, in the manner of a gamekeeper, which the smugglers thought odd, but nevertheless, they followed him into the marsh, thinking he was most likely their contact. Hey there, boys, right this way. Follow me here into the marsh, right this way. Come with me. Come here, boys, right this way. But when the man stopped short, the smugglers shone their light on him to get a good look, which is when the man in the tricorner hat pulled down his pants to his ankles <laughs> and bent over in the direction of the smugglers before he disappeared, hence... The Mooner of Romney Marsh. Right this way, right this way. <laughs> Down go the pants and right this way. Can you see my rump right here? Can you see it's my rump right here? Oh, my God. I- oh! Butt! It's a butt! Oh, Jared, it's a butt! I got you right, gentlemen. Yeah. And now I go back to hell. I saw I saw the hole, Tommy. I saw the hole. That's all he did. That's he was trapped did. trapped on the planet Earth. So he could yeah. go right this way, come right over here, right over here. Now look at my butt. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of an afterlife. <laughs> He's just whole life. His whole afterlife is the movie Porky. It's very fun. Yeah, it's a good afterlife. Living in an eighties uh, comedy. There. Now the specter wasn't sighted, or at least not reported, for another seven years. When the Mooner came back with a vengeance, and each time travelers would report a man in a tricorner hat, dressed in the manner of a gamekeeper, pull down his pants. 
and bend over in the direction of the witness before vanishing into thin air. Hello, are you on vacation? Look over here. There's a tall assassination right up here. Look over here. No, no, no. Don't turn your eyes. Look right over here. It's my butt. And now oh! I go to Disgusting. <laughs> and the Mooner's reign, which was relatively short for a haunting, only 33 years, a period of time that one might say is roughly equal to the lifespan of an adult male, but after dozens of sightings, the Mooner vanished in 1834, never to be seen again. You know, well, you know who else died at 33? Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> Man, if only he was real. <laughs> um, what I imagine. <laughs> um, I can just imagine the ghost hunter that wants to find the mooner, and he says, "I tell you, I'll get that ghost. I'll stop him. I'll stop him. Right this way. Right this way. Check it out in here. It's my butt." I'm just gonna put it in, <laughs> and then he just starts fucking that ghost. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and then the ghost is just like, no, 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 no. This is meant to be innocent. Yeah, and that's how you kill the ghost. <laughs> now, now let's go back to Glasgow for our next story over in Scotland. In the 1700s, Glasgow was home to or Glasgow, 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 Glasgow. God, I feel like an idiot. I just We're feel like such an idiot saying Glasgow. We literally need to figure out how it's, to say all of these places before we go. Yeah, it's not Glasgow. It's Glasgow. It's not Glasgow. Glasgow. I think Glasgow. it's maybe Glasgow. I think it's Glasgow. They gave me. I asked and I forgot. So in the 1700s, Glasgow was home to a group of sexual perverts known as the Hell Club, not to be confused with England's Hellfire Club. Well, it's definitely a hairier, louder, (laughs) screamier version than the Hellfire Club and took place in bogs. Oh, not bad. (laughs) Every evening, the Hell Club would meet for an unbridled orgy of passion, debauchery, and blasphemy. Everybody's got leg hair. Not (laughs) Not a pant was worn. So many skirts, the men and the women. It wasn't pansexual. It was a Another type of just a deeply forest sexual. <laughs> and in fact, the leader, a man known only as Archibald, was known by a catchphrase he loved to shout mid-orgy, I want to fucking hill! <laughs> what is that? I want to fucking hill! You, I'm not getting you. I want to fucking hell. <laughs> you it's want to Scott, hell? I want to fucking hell. You want? Oh, you want to have I sex in hell? I want to fucking hell. Oh, I it's see. Scottish. Oh, uh, I yeah, get oh it. it's Scottish. That's good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but while one might think that this is a weird and annoying thing to do, it made him among the most popular fuck toys in all of Glasgow. Because the sexiest man in Glasgow is the man who is loudest. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. <laughs> anyway, while the day-to-day orgies were indeed debaucherous, they didn't get truly depraved until the annual celebration of Saturnalia, a holiday that you may know better as Christmas, Ooh. making this unofficially the annual Christmas orgy. Or at the Zabrowski house where the Christmas orgy, the lube, is made by guilt. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I want to go to your house for Christmas. And following one particularly savage Christmas orgy, Archie, he of fucking hell fame, failed to show up to the day after orgy hmm. at the hell club. Oh, isn't that sad? I can't come without that man screaming next to me and my wife. <laughs> Something's missing. <laughs> he instead sent a handwritten note, resigning from his post, giving no explanation for his sudden change of heart. But when that explanation came, Archie had quite a story to tell. 
while riding home on his horse. After the Christmas orgy, Archie, no doubt exhausted. Because mm. they are not in good shape as a people. Not Unless they're all. doing the, even the caber toss, when the toss of the big, it's like, none of them are in shape. They're oh, just drinking beer and lifting heavy things. They're strong, but they yeah. have no stamina. They're living great lives. <laughs> Archie was approached by a ghostly apparition dressed in black. The apparition told Archibald that since he had so, so many times, very loudly expressed his desire to, quote-unquote, fucking hell, it was about time that that desire was fulfilled. Oh. And at that moment, Archie was thrown from his coach to the ground where he immediately lost consciousness. Archie's spirit left his body completely, and the apparition beckoned him to follow. When Archie asked where they were going, the apparition curtly said, Sir Howell! But oh. when the pair finally arrived, Archie was surprised to see no fire, and he smelled no brimstone. What he found instead was the largest, most drunken, most depraved orgy he had ever seen. Yeah! And as yeah! he walked through the writhing <laughs> oh naked bodies, presumably looking for his inn. All right, well, I'm going to stick my dick in there somewhere, you mm. know, because right, someone's got fucking hell in there. Orchard in the fucking hell. But as he was looking through it, Archie recognized a deceased friend of his from the Hell Club. Uh-oh. But the woman named Mrs. D, while she was fucking, she was doing so joylessly with a man who looked to Archie as if he was pushing 80. He was having the time of his life. Yeah. And he was having a good time. Well, yeah, she picked the wrong guy. But I don't think that she picked the wrong guy. I think the wrong guy. Picked her. Oh, no. And Archie asked her to take a rest from her copulation so they could catch up a little bit. Give me a rush. We got over by the dip. <laughs> I got chips. There's Not, dip over there. There's okay. M&M's, all sorts of finger food. If you're in an orgy, never eat the dip, never eat the finger foods, no M&M's. They've got a soup, a whole soup terrine. You but know you what? serve the soup with your end. For some reason, the soup is getting fuller and fuller in the bowl. I have no idea what's filling it up. I don't know, man. I'm at an orgy. I can throw some ranch on some I don't think so. Okay. Come on, why not? It's already going to smell like ranch in there. Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to live a little. All right. <laughs> so Archie asked her, listen, take a rest for just a second. But Mrs. D cried, rest, rest, but there's no rest in hell. And Archie, suddenly aware that he was indeed in hell, looked around to see the very young in the thrall of the very old. Oh, fuck. <laughs> men and women having sex with animals and animals having sex with men and women and hardcore acts of BDSM that nobody seemed to enjoy. This is not I mean, what I meant when I said I want a fucking hell. I thought it was fun. It was fun to everybody. I got positive validation for screaming I fucking hell. It made right. everybody fuck harder. And the toy house killer was the uh, there. The toy box killer was there. BTK was there. <laughs> and the apparition turned to Archie and said, Now is your chance. Pick your pleasure and fuck in hell. And Archie, now seriously rethinking his catchphrase, begged the apparition to take him back. To- you guys turned it. You guys like did the stupid thing with the devil always does, where it's like, I got the thing I asked for. Yeah, thank you very much. Fucking ironically. Oh, this is fun. Oh, am I supposed to fucking learn that this is an O. Henry story? I mean, I think if you really wanted to screw over the devil, start having sex with that old guy. You just get, you just go <laughs> like, just all th- right, let's get it. Pa, 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 pa. Yeah. Just like, oh, I can learn to like anything. Why not? <laughs> After Archie begged the apparition to take him back, the apparition replied, Very well. 
but carry on your reveling and you shall return within a year and a day. Mm. And with that, Archie awoke, climbed back in his coach, rode home, and wrote his letter of resignation immediately. I'm surprised it was so formal. Yeah, yeah. it's like a Christmas carol written by a sexual pervert. <laughs> But after telling his story to the Hell Club, who understandably made fun of him, Archie gave in to peer pressure and rejoined the fuckfest that very night. He never meant to quit. Never. <laughs> However, while Archie was as virile as ever, many noticed that he never used his catchphrase ever again. And a year and a day later, on the night of the following Christmas orgy, Archie a little nervous about the curse, got blast-ass wasted and tried to ride his horse home. And that's how you always make wow. sure that a yeah. curse of your death will not happen. Oh, it's yeah. definitely drink and drive. Absolutely. <laughs> drink and horse. And he fell oh. once again. But this time, the spirit did not return to his body, and Archie, presumably, is still to this day... Fucking in hell. That's why I always say, I want to have sex at Applebee's. <laughs> and then I'll but show up at Applebee's. you can make that happen. Oh, I can. You yeah. can. You can definitely get a hand job in, a, in any anywhere in the Rust Belt. Oh, yeah. You can get a hand job in an Applebee's. Yeah, Ooh. you could do that before nightfall. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wonton tacos. <laughs> Very tasty. Our second to last story today comes from Newcastle upon Tyne's Quayside. What? <laughs> they got funny names for things that are normal here. I just yeah. wrote that down. I don't. I don't, I don't know, know what, what that. that I don't know what Tyne's Quayside means. I'm uh, assuming the Tyne is a river. It's uh, probably got a Seven Eleven on it now. If I know England, Seven oh, <laughs> Eleven. They're just getting. They have a ninety six ounce soda now. Ooh, thank God. I've yeah. always wanted a, a drink that I could also bathe in. I know. <laughs> Now, back in the 1600s, this was the site of a notorious press gang in which young men would be forced to enlist as crews on ships against their will. Also called being shanghai Yeah, oh, also. Yeah. And one night, a local boy barrel maker named Henry Hardwick, mm. who was being pressed into service, fought back as he and 20 other boys were being led to their fates on the high seas. But the press gang was not in the mood for Henry's hijinks that night. They took the boy nailed him to the door of his former place of employ, stripped him naked, and beat him half to death. And as if this wasn't enough to make a proper example, the gang then gouged out his eyes with a knife and castrated him. And so, for centuries since, the apparition of the naked, castrated, eyeless boy will appear on moonless nights when the atmosphere and weather match those of the terrible night he died. Also, the first ever jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> yeah, kind of excited. I mean, if you're this guy, you're like, you can choose one or the other. Leave my eyes or leave my balls. Okay. You can't take choose. Nah. Choose. <laughs> Would you choose? Would you choose, please? Yeah. You know, oh, I tell you God. what. Still gets Woody Allen hard as a rock. Oh, yeah. Great director, though. Great director. Hall? He directed four good films. That's right. Out of 79. That's right. And then he would have sex with all the women he cast because he almost didn't care about their acting. Almost. Yeah. Weird, though, that a director wouldn't care about acting and only about getting laid. Uh, finally, we come to a tale told to us by a German named Karl Brucher. Oh. The name of this tale? 
the urinating goblin. <laughs> oh I'm gonna, my. That's my wrestling name. Yeah, that is a great. What's your finisher? <laughs> I just pee all over the guy. <laughs> you pee all over. The oh. problem is just because having to pee throughout the whole wrestling yeah. match. That's what's hard. Is that- having to concentrate and hopefully I don't get squeezed too hard at a bear hug. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, if he squeezes it, out, if he squeezes it out of you, oh. pointing away, you lose. His uh, finishing move is coming a little early, Ted. <laughs> he reversed his finishing move. He's peed all over the crowd. Oh, now it's it's sort of more of a gold. And sprinkler. Uh, strange. <laughs> no, I, fi- I finally came up with a good wrestling name for myself. Dr. Gasoline. Oh, man. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It's nothing. Weird. We're moving on. It's That's just, just weird. The worst <laughs> name I've ever heard. <laughs> so one day in 1932, while on vacation in Ireland with his wife, Mr. Brooker decided to tour some of Ireland's famous round towers. I am a German, and so my idea of a vacation is to go do the dumbest, most boring thing possible because of history. So it sounds very fun to me. <laughs> As he was taking in the beauty of a particular tower whose entrance was, for some reason, 15 feet above the ground, Mr. Brooker saw a strange figure emerge and begin to walk on thin air with no means of support as a circus performer might walk on a tightrope. Mr. Brooker moved closer to the castle to get a closer look, but as he moved forward, he heard someone walking behind him, giggling. Hmm. And when Mr. Brooker turned around, he was faced with the tiny figure of a three-foot-tall man, naked except for a brown floppy hat. And Brooker (laughs) said the sheer ugliness of the little man made him sick as he was covered in warts, had a large, misshapen nose, and most disturbingly of all, had a disproportionately huge, thick penis, which hung almost to the ground. Oh, my goodness. And here, in Mr. Brooker's own words, is what happened next. The goblin seemed fully obvious that I was unable to take my eyes off his giant member. And giggling like a maniac, I should say. He began to swing it around and around like an enormous piece of rope. Oh. Now, at this point, I was walking backwards and stumbled over a rock, the hair on the back of my neck standing on end. And as I did so, the ugly, misshapen goblin rushed towards me. And in fear of danger, I held my hands to my face, expecting a blow, when I suddenly experienced something hot and wet <laughs> hitting me. <laughs> The goblin was urinating on me (laughs) as I looked up to now more in anger, more in anger than horror. The ugly being began to fade away slowly, taking on the appearance of the ghost you see in the pictures, in the moving pictures. Hitler loves the moving pictures. Now, why I did it, I do not know. But my first first reaction was to lift up. Start from why I did it. Now, why I did it, I do not know. But my first reaction was to lift up my arm to my nose, and I smelled it. You smelt it. I I had to. You did? I was being curious. (laughs) I'm curious about boring things. I'm German. Okay. Presumably because of the urine shower, which I had just experienced. Okay, yeah. Strangely, not only did my clothes not smell, but I realized that my previously wet clothing was now completely dry. I could see the gnome-like figure once more returning through the air to the door of the tower in the same way that he came down. 
So you did smell the pee, though. Oh, and it smells most vigorously like pee for up to three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Strangely, Mr. Brooker's experience with the urinating goblin is the only known encounter on the record, although locals in Ireland are convinced that he had come into contact with, quote-unquote, one of the little people. And it actually turned out it was uh, the great-great-grandfather of Peter Dinklage. Oh, isn't that something? It's kind of nice. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like, my mother. You came in contact with my mother, huh? Wow. Well, that was some, you know, I, I wanted to say uh, scary and creepy, but really it was sexy and naughty. Yeah. If you came at all oh my while goodness. we were doing the show, while you were listening to the show. Again. Um, the- I, first of all, you know what? Actually, I congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. I hope it did it for you. If we made one person come with this show, I think we did our job. Mm. As long as it wasn't the radiant boy As long one. as it wasn't the boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only. But even just if you were, if you can come enough, just from the description of a naked, beautiful boy, then you should go to the police and have them arrest. <laughs> Self-arrest yourself. But if you also, if you came to uh, the idea of a urinating goblin, that's technically legal. That's totally so, legal. Don't even totally worry. Legal. You, you can just find a little person to pee on you. I technically sure. have the same body as that little <laughs> the goblin. Yeah, and I've seen you wear brown floppy hats on occasion. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> wow, what an episode, guys. What an episode. What Good an episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We will be in Atlanta this weekend. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This Saturday, we're going to be playing the Earl. Go to uh, badearl.com uh, to get your tickets. Uh, it's going to be fucking awesome. We got, uh, we got a, a, a puppet man opening up for not us. Not a puppet man. He's not a puppet man. I thought he's he was a, a puppet man. No, he's, he's not, not a puppet man. man. He's not, not a puppet man. Puppet man's a weird way to describe a person. Puppet man's almost offensive. Yeah, it's disgusting. That's weird. That's no, he's, he's Professor Morte. Is he, he does a uh, is Shane Morton from Your Pretty Face Is Going to Hell? Does all the makeup of Your Pretty Face Is Going yeah. to Hell? Does a spook show called Professor Morte, oh and he is hilarious. No, and it's going to be no puppets, no puppets, not a single. Okay, no, no puppets. Can I find a puppet man? There will be oh, right. our puppet. I will show you a puppet yes. man. We've interviewed Shane before on the show. He's a great guy. Yes. It's going to be a wonderful uh, performance done by all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be it's great. Be babes and booze and spooks and hollers. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's uh, June 18th. It's going to be an early show. I think it's at 7. 7.30. 7.30. So, yeah, go to badroll.com. Uh, the week after that, uh, the Saturday after that, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. at the Kennedy Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Google Blast Podcast on the left, Washington, D.C. You'll find uh, tickets for that. And we can travel so much, and we're doing all these live shows because you guys have been so wonderful with the Patreon. Thank you, guys. Uh, you're really helping us out a lot. Yeah, patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. If you guys uh, d- feel like if you feel like that uh, we deserve a, a little bit of cash for what we're doing. You can go over and give to us there. Uh, yep. Thank you so much for everybody uh, that has contributed money so far. God damn, we appreciate you guys so yep. much. We couldn't even tell you. I'm going to quickly say it's like there's been a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world and in the country. It's a part of why we did kind of a light fun episode today after doing the Hillside Stranglers. I think and I think a, it, a little bit of a message out there of a shoot love and productivity everywhere you go instead of destruction and bullshit. Like embrace your fellow man and make something. Mm-hmm. Instead of destroying something, yeah, love, passion, and Satan. That's what I say. Yeah, that's great. And um, yeah, we talked about uh, the the situation this week on uh, this week's uh, Abling its Top Hat. So go check that out and uh, listen to Roundtable of Gentlemen as well. Too. But we do. But the next couple of episodes we have coming up are I think you're going to really like. We yeah, have a yeah. couple of good ones in the uh, a couple of good ones. We have a couple of good We're ones. We're doing in the a pipeline. bunch of episodes, but we got a couple, a couple of good ones. A couple of really good so, ones. Yeah. And yeah. one I'll put this way is very much enjoy- endorsed by Jeff Goldblum. Really? <laughs> Ooh. Next week's episode. Matt, I, I love Jeff Goldblum. I actually just rewatched The Fly. It's oh. creepier and creepier when he 
picks his nails so. off. Oh my god. Uh, um, also, I love it. check out the trailer for Thirty One. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, Green Room was also incredible. I finally saw it. I can't wait to see yep. the Neon Demon. Yeah, Green, um, Green Room is by far my favorite movie of the year so absolutely. far. Absolutely, cult classic. Also, Great. Alex Jones was pro- was proliferating a David Icke's uh, death hoax last night. But it was like Alex last night or the night before. Literally, yeah. they, 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 I, there was a whole thing that went out that David Icke had died, and I freaked out. And I literally had an emotional response. I have like a preview of when he actually dies. I got emotional. Yeah, I was like, I have to go and I'm just like, I got to re up on my David Icke. Yeah, yeah re up. I got to reach out to him. I got to talk to him uh, once. Well, if if anybody knows how to get in contact with are David, are you Ike, kidding me? I want to talk with we him. We can get in contact with David. I can send him a message. We right probably now. could just send him a Facebook. He's message. He's a yeah. lonely maniac. I want to be his friend. Yeah, these guys that like we think they're constantly busy. They're we not. think they're, they're like doing always nothing. Doing, they are doing nothing. Remember when I sent that email to Stanton Freeman? We thought he wouldn't get back to us, and he sent me an email back within seven minutes. Well, that is a that's a fucking spoiler. Yes. Oh. Oh. I'd say more Speaking like of, a, let's say more preview. Yeah. I got to meet Carl Spoiler. Rove as well, and I will attest, he is he does have cold hands. So. Oh, Jesus. Um, all right. All right. So, yeah, <laughs> able to stop at Roundtable, uh, page seven, Sex and Other Human Activities. Uh, Lucky Bone Show. The Lucky Bone Show. slash Marcus Parks. And yeah. if you guys want uh, a, a last podcast on the left t-shirt, go to cavecomedyradio.com uh, slash merch. We're about to uh, have a page on the Cave Comedy Radio site that's going to show all of our upcoming shows. It's going to have tickets to all the links. We're going to have that up very soon. It's going to make all that shit much easier for everybody. Um, right. Your pretty face is going to hell. Is now uh, season two is now on Hulu. Woo. So if you got Hulu, you could check it out. It's all on there. Um, Hail Satan. Uh, I'm at Twitter at Henry Loves You and fucking Instagram all the fucking horseshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, hail yourselves. I'm at Ben Kissel on Twitter and Ben Kissel one on Instagram. I'm posting every now and again. Nice. Yeah, I'm at Marcus Parks on Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, also at uh, Marcus Parks on Instagram. I post good almost branding. every day. Thank good branding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, good, branding. good branding. It's my name. Yeah, that's good. Own your name. It's all my name. Names are important. Yeah, Marcus, names are very important. Marcus Jordan Parks, aka Doctor Gasoline. Doctor yeah. Gasoline. Doctor Gasoline. The, wow. I'm the pee pee goblin. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Ben? Oh, I don't know. Uh, the commentator. Like, no, I, <laughs> I want to maybe like a uh, loose skinned flagon again. Weird. That's for like the late night wrestling where everybody hates to watch. It's just like your mom has to shield your eyes because your your pants slowly fall around your ankles as you wrestle. Oh yeah, the human carpet. <laughs> that might be good. Yeah, either the human carpet or skin Flanagan. Either one. Skin Flanagan. Good. Skin Flanagan is pretty great. Who wins against Doctor Gasoline? Ooh, <laughs> tough to say. Okay. Hail me. Yep. Magustalations. And uh, Heil Gein. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. You ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. I was shocked, you know. They were always such a good team. So successful. But to do something like that? To exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. 
With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.